0: Welcome to the Kotki Ride Home for Tuesday, November 10th, 2020. I'm Jackson Bird. Australian scientists have discovered two new mammals. The trick to sticking to new habits that requires letting yourself be bad at things. A new perfume that smells like books. And a calming, hand-drawn, web-based game to help you chill out. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. Australian scientists have discovered two new mammals. It turns out there are actually three types of greater gliders, not just one, as previously believed. Greater gliders are possum-sized, nocturnal, aeronautical marsupials that live in the hollows of trees and spend their evenings soaring through the air 100 meters or over 300 feet off the ground. They are mostly found in the forests of eastern Australia. Within eastern Australia, scientists now know that there are three distinct species of the greater glider, divided up between the northern, southern, and central ranges. While many long thought there may be more than one species, a new study in Nature's Scientific Reports journal has used DNA evidence to confirm the existence of the two other species. Quoting the Sydney Morning Herald, The southern species, which inhabits the eastern eucalypt forests of Victoria and New South Wales, is the heavyweight of the family. Its puffy fleece makes it look about the size of a common brush-tailed possum, but underneath, it's really a skinny, light marsupial suited to gliding. The northern glider is about the size of the little ringtail possum and lives in the eucalypt forests between McKay and Cairns in Queensland. The central glider, which is sized between the northern and southern species, inhabits a range across southern Queensland and up to Mackay. End quote. And I am telling you, you have got to check out the lead photo in the article in the show notes. It looks like they made a baby Yoda version of a gremlin. Like, somehow made a Furby actually adorable and not just terrifying. Now, an important thing to know is that greater gliders are rapidly declining in population, having lost 80% of their population in Victoria's central highlands in just the last 20 years due to a combination of logging, urban development, and climate change. And unfortunately, the discovery of the three distinct species does not mean that more animals were discovered, just that existing ones were reclassified. If anything, it brings further concern to the vulnerability of the greater gliders because it highlights just how little is truly known about them, particularly of the northern and central varieties. That said, it's still an exciting development as Andrew Crockenberger, James Cook University professor and co-author of the study said, quote, "Australia's biodiversity just got a lot richer. It's not every day that new mammals are confirmed, let alone two new mammals, end quote." All right, this segment is for the procrastinators, the overachievers, for anyone feeling pressured by a certain pervasive narrative during lockdown that now is the time to start new habits and become healthier than ever. Maybe you tried implementing some kind of new routine to boost your productivity, to read more, to eat better, to work out more. Maybe it even worked for a while, but eventually you stopped. Or maybe you simply felt the pressure to and never really tried it. If any of that sounds like you, Dr. Christine Carter has some intriguing advice in Ted's Ideas blog. You have to be willing to be bad at what you're trying to do. Chances are, especially if you're an overachiever or a procrastinator, which is often one in the same, you struggle with not being the best at something. If you try something and you're not the best in the room, then you perceive yourself as being the worst. If it's hard, if you really have to work at it, you're less likely to ever devote the time to doing it. Dr. Carter, who notably, while actually being a coach for science-based habit formation, stumbled on this breakthrough after her own failure to implement new habits during lockdown, says, quote, "'The harder a thing is for us to do, "'the more motivation we need to do that thing.'" And you might've noticed that motivation isn't something we can always muster on command. When motivation wanes, plenty of research shows that we humans tend to follow the law of the least effort and do the easiest thing. New behaviors require a lot of effort because change is hard. Change can require a lot of motivation, which we can't count on having. This is why we often don't do the things we really intend to do, end quote. Her solution? Let yourself be bad at the thing you're trying to do. Yes, this is partially psychological, but she has practical advice as well. For example, if your goal is jogging every day, don't put the pressure on yourself to be training to run a half marathon in a few months. Just go run for one minute each day, or half a mile, something that seems mind-numbingly easy to the point of pointless for your norm. Or if you're trying to eat more vegetables, start with literally just one leaf of lettuce on a sandwich per day. Eventually, you'll naturally work up to more, just because it'll start feeling natural to your body. But don't ever pressure yourself to do more than that tiny, bare minimum. Because you won't always feel motivated to do more, even when it starts naturally coming more often. There will still be days you have zero motivation, and it's much more likely that you can muster the energy for a one minute run or one leaf of lettuce than trying to summon it for a 5k or a whole salad. This is similar to the advice, which doesn't apply as much in the pandemic era, to go to the gym even on days that you don't want to, even if you just sit in the gym and literally do nothing. At least you got to the gym, so you're establishing a habit. And, you know, most likely you'll end up doing something, which is better than nothing. But crucially, you aren't putting a huge expectation on yourself. You're letting yourself be almost laughably bad at what you're setting out to do. As Dr. Carter says, quote, "'The sole requirement is that you stop "'trying to be so good. "'You'll need to abandon your grand plans, "'at least temporarily. "'You must allow yourself to do something so minuscule "'that it's only slightly better "'than doing nothing at all,' end quote." And she explains the science behind it, which is that by making it a habit, even a tiny one, you're establishing a neural pathway in your brain. And once it's hardwired, you can do it with less effort going forward. And the smaller the habit, the easier it'll be to get to that point. And once you can do it with hardly any effort or motivation, you've hit the point where what you're actually doing might start growing naturally. For anyone who uses any kind of activity tracker like I do, this can be really tough. You know, Some days I consider going for a walk knowing I can only squeeze in about 10 minutes for it in my schedule, but 10 minutes isn't going to close the exercise or activity rings on my Apple Watch, so I don't go at all. But 10 minutes would be better than nothing. I need to remember that. You know, I think all of us who track the data of any part of our lives need to remember not to let them rule us. You know, there are days that I do go out and run two miles, and that still doesn't close those rings. So instead of being proud of myself for putting in that really solid effort, I'm disappointed that I didn't close the ring. Or, I've taken time reading and actually absorbing a large variety of diverse books this year, but I'm behind on my reading goal on Goodreads, so I feel like a failure. Apart from just letting ourselves be bad at things to help establish habits, I think we also have to recognize the wins when they exist. But if you are going to try Dr. Carter's advice, here's one more word of warning from her. Quote, The moment in which you are no longer willing to do something unambitious is the moment in which you risk Everything. The moment you think you should do more is the moment you introduce difficulty. It's the moment you eliminate the possibility that your activity will be easy and even enjoyable. So it's also the moment that will require a lot more motivation from you. And if the motivation isn't there, that's when you'll end up checking your phone instead of doing whatever it is you intended to do. Or you'll stay on the couch, binge watching TikTok videos or Netflix. When we abandon our grand plans and great ambitions in favor of taking that first teeny tiny step, we shift. And paradoxically, it's in that tiny shift that our grand plans and great ambitions are truly born. End quote. So go forth and be bad at things. Accomplish very little. But do it consistently and see what happens. If you've really been missing some of the aesthetic elements of casually browsing bookstores like you used to before the pandemic, Powell's Books is here to help. The iconic Portland-based independent bookstore has just launched its own fragrance called Powell's by Powell's that is meant to smell like books. Or as they describe on the website, quote, Like the crimson rhododendrons in Rebecca, the heady fragrance of old paper creates an atmosphere ripe with mood and possibility. Invoking a labyrinth of books, secret libraries, ancient scrolls, and cognacs swilled by philosopher kings, Powell's by Powell's delivers the wearer to a place of wonder, discovery, and magic heretofore only known in literature." End quote. The fragrance, which will cost you $24.99 for a one-ounce bottle displayed inside a fake book, has notes of wood, violet, and biblicore, which is the smell of old books, and comes with instructions on its usage, quoting again, this scent contains the lives of countless heroes and heroines. Apply to the pulse points when seeking sensory sucker or a brush with immortality, end quote. Well, it does sound a bit silly, and maybe that's why it's working. Powells says they've received over twelve hundred orders since launching over the weekend and are putting in a second order with their supplier. Powell's owner Emily Powell said, quote, "Powell's by Powell's is a wonderful reminder of one of the many things bibliophiles love about independent bookstores like Powell's, especially at a time when local and independent retailers are taking a sustained hit from Amazon and other giant online retailers, end quote. As great as a holiday gift as this could make, regardless of how it actually smells, I do wish I could sample the scent before buying it. Which you can if you live near Portland, since it's sold in stores as well as online, but the rest of us will just have to wait for that internet smell vision technology I keep hoping for, and honestly would 100% devote my life to inventing if I had any scientific know-how. Ending today with a website that will give you a moment of zen, in the more actual meaning of that phrase, not in the daily show kind of way. It's called Short Trip, and it's a web-based interactive illustration created in 2017 by technical artist and illustrator Alexander Perrin. In a meticulously hand-drawn black-and-white scene, you use your arrow keys to go for a tram ride through a seaside town populated by a cast of anthropomorphic cats. You can toggle the sound on or off. On features some ambient noise with the light sound effects of the tram, whooshing wind, feline footsteps, and the tram's bell if you hit the spacebar. In some ways simplistic, in others hyper-detailed. There's quite a bit to see at each station and of the scenery passing by in between the stations. Some cats get on at the stations, but others just go about their day. There's even little easter eggs like some of the station clocks displaying the same time as your computer. Perrin described the project as, quote, capturing the essence of graphite on paper within a digital context, end quote. And he notes that it should work on most devices, including mobile ones, so long as they support WebGL. Overall, it's just a really pleasant and relaxing experience. I definitely recommend it if you're looking to slow down for a minute. Commenters on the Internet is Beautiful subreddit where I found it described it as lovely, splendid, and perfect which I think just about sums it up. Link in the show notes if you want to try it for yourself. That is all for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotke.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I'm going to go read one page of a book and eat a single leaf of lettuce and try not to analyze whether I feel good or bad about myself. I hope you have a good rest of your day, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.